0: At that moment, I just said, God, help me to forgive him. And I wrote him an email and I told him I forgive him. He cussed me out, not well, but at least I wrote that email. And I think when I sent off the email to him, that's when I sent off those feelings of pain and hurt and disappointment.
1: Welcome to Valleys and Mountaintops. I am your host, Gina. If you are going through a difficult time right now, you are in just the right place. Look no further to find inspiration and some next steps from our guests who have already walked through some dark places and they have come to share with you what they learned not only from their success today, but from their failures and where they stumbled along the way. Today, how to forgive and live after a painful divorce with Dana Jackson. Dana teaches English in Japan and she is the host of the She is a Mess podcast. After discovering her husband was gay, going through a painful divorce, and starting over from scratch, she decided to help others embrace the mess and share their message one story at a time. Dana, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Gina. I am super, super excited. I'm excited too. And could you just take a moment to tell us a little bit about what your life looks like today, family, careers, hobbies, all that good stuff.
0: All right. So my life right now is pretty fantastic, to be honest. I just launched my podcast, She's a Mess. So I've been working on editing all the interviews I have gotten the amazing opportunity to have. I have also been working on my... uh, blog, which is for the She's a Mess podcast, because I'm really, really interested in sharing the stories of women who have been through so much in their life, and have still come through the other side. I also live and work in Japan as an English teacher, so there's that whole language barrier, trying to understand new cultures aspect of my life as well, and as for hobbies, I am a YouTuber, I am a photographer, I'm a fashion designer, a fashion illustrator, I just do everything and anything right now, to be honest, but I love every single piece of it.
1: So exciting. I hope we have some time at the end to just dive a little bit more into your life in Japan. But you know what? I'm sure that you have a reason for starting this podcast, and I bet we're going to find out why pretty soon. Please, could you take us to the moment in time that you would consider the worst moment of your journey? Tell us the story, and we will share what you learned along the way. All right. I think the worst part of my journey
0: was the time when I went through my divorce. So when I was 16, I met my ex-husband and we were both in church. So we were very active. He was an active quiz um, person and I was an active quiz person as well. And his mentor introduced me to him and said, you know, you would make a great couple. And so we kind of became the power couple after that. But Fast forward to five years, we got married when I left um, university. And for the first few months we were fine. And then I started noticing some weird things going on with his behavior. He became a lot more secretive and he was just very dismissive of me. And being the woman that I am, super curious, super nosy woman, I poked my head into a few things and found out that my entire marriage and my entire life up until that point was basically founded on a lie i found out that my ex was gay and that just kind of shattered my entire experience as a christian as a as a woman because i just felt like how could i not have seen all of this how could i not have realized that this was going on and that kind of spiraled me into making some of the worst decisions of my life i lost my home because he moved away and took everything i had i lost all my money because again he took everything i had to start over from scratch and at one point i lived in the room of somebody else's house in just a bed i had just a bed and a dresser and That was me, I had no stove, no fridge, no nothing. And that was me for a year. And then I ended up moving into a back room of another house and it was just one room. So everything was in that one room. And I remember when I was going through that, I ended up trying to find love in all the wrong places. And I ended up hurting a lot of people who were close to me unbeknownst to them. And it just kind of spiraled into this depression, wanted to kill myself. Um, I tried to commit suicide three times. At one point, I just walked and stood in the middle of the road and just waited for this, this truck that was coming to hit me. At one point, I also I was slicing vegetables at home and I almost slit my wrist. And I don't know what prevented me from going through with each of those acts, but I'm just incredibly grateful that I didn't kill myself at those points because I just don't know what would have happened, but in the midst of all of the craziness that was going on, in the midst of all of the self-loathing, all of the self-hatred, feeling like complete and utter crap, basically, I felt like nothing, and I think my only way out was to leave, and so I ended up leaving Jamaica and running away halfway across the world to Japan.
1: Wow, that's a really big change to go from Jamaica to Japan.
0: It is, it is. At first, to be honest, I applied to this program and I the premise that I gave everybody was, hey, I want to be an ambassador for Jamaica. I want to you know, go and make cross-cultural connections. But in all honesty, I was just running away from all of my problems. I was running away from all the people who had hurt me, all the reminders of what I'd gone through, all the people looking at me like I was just this poor thing. I was just trying my best to leave that entire life behind. And when I came to Japan, I didn't really speak Japanese one. And I ended up being placed on an island, a small island of 4,000 people where everybody spoke Japanese and they didn't speak any English. So I had to learn how to speak Japanese because I was the only foreigner on that island. And I was also the only black foreigner that most of them had ever seen in their entire life. So that was a whole other... Ah, big, big transition.
1: I think you're leading us right into the next question of your turnaround point. Can you take us to the moment in time of an incredible turnaround point that you experienced? Tell us the story and we're going to explore the steps that you took or the faith that you used to walk your journey.
0: If I'm being honest, I don't think it was ever one specific moment. Because when I first moved to the island, I was introduced to another um, foreigner who was in the army, the military, sorry. He was in the military and we dated for a month. And then at the end of the month, he told me that, you know what? I was not Japanese enough for him. So he, this wouldn't work out. And funny enough, throughout that time, he was a big uh, he played the organ in his church, the piano, not organ, in his church, and I started going to church with him, and through going to church with him, I met these incredible women, and they kind of just accepted me as if they had known me forever, and it was just a such a like dramatic difference for me from what i was experiencing back home at that point and even after we broke up and he was no longer able to carry me to church i reached out i don't know why but i reached out to one woman and i said can you help me to get to church because it was about three hours away from where i lived and i would need somebody to be able to stay with as well and bring me back to the port to catch my ferry to get back to the island And she said, yes. And I was like, oh, wow. So after staying with her for a few months, I ended up getting involved in the church. And at one point, I remember this vividly, one service I was sitting there and the pastor said, There is somebody out there who is hurting. There is somebody out there who is just in pain. There is someone out there who feels like they don't have a purpose. They don't have a need to be here. They are insignificant. If you are that person, come to the altar right now. We will pray for you. And I felt this voice said, get up and go. And I get up and I and I got up and I went. And I was surrounded by a woman. I remember she had locks. She had dreadlocks, beautiful dreadlocks, and she hugged me. And then another woman hugged me. And the same woman I was staying with hugged me. So three women surrounded me and they prayed with me. And the woman in the lock said, I don't know your name, but I can tell you right now that God is saying that He has forgiven you of your sins. He has forgiven you of all the bad mistakes you've made. He has given you a new chance and it's just for you to take that new chance you are delivered from all of your past you don't have to be weighed down anymore by what you have gone through you have a purpose you have a calling and honey right now i'm asking you i'm telling you to get up and step into that calling because you are powerful you are made to reach lives and to transform lives and in that very instant all of the weights I had been carrying, all of the, the, the regrets, all of the shame I had been carrying, that big cloak of shame I was wearing, I let it go at that moment. And I felt like I was a brand new person. I really felt like God had said and had given me a new path. And I can say that had it not been for the church and for those amazing women you know, Sister Victoria, Sister Rhoda, Sister Sherry, all those people who prayed for me and loved me through all the crap that I was going through, who loved me through all of my imperfections. I don't know where I would be. It was just them and their praying and their constant encouragement. They never once judged me for anything I'd gone through. They never once told me that I was too messed up. I was too dirty. I was too anything to be redeemed. And thanks to them and their love and their encouragement, I started reading my Bible more. I started talking to God. I started really writing a daily um, prayer journal. And that daily journal, I still have it to this very day. I've gone through about four books or five books so far. I started keeping a daily journal and just really praying and and keeping in contact with God every single day, even if I don't verbally say anything out of my mouth, in my mind, I'm always talking to him and having that deep relationship with God, having that real experience and that connection with him and with other believers, even though we're miles apart right now because I moved, but even just having that connection with them has kept me going. Every day that I wake up, I remember that God said, hey, you have a purpose. Every day when I feel, if I feel like I don't have a reason to go on, I'm, rem- I'm reminded of that 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 word that woman gave me. I'm reminded of that prayer that she prayed. I'm reminded of all the love and encouragement that I have encountered so far, and it keeps me going. My daily prayer habit, my daily, even just being gr- grateful, I. Every single day I wake up, I am grateful for at least three new things. And it might be three insignificant things. Like right now, I'm grateful for my puppy, Dr. Wolf. I love that stuffed animal. He keeps me warm. I'm grateful for my futon on the ground. I mean, it's a bed. It's It's not a big bed, but it's still a bed. I am grateful for being on this podcast because I'm able to share my story. So every day, just connecting with God and being grateful keeps me going.
1: Gratitude is powerful.
0: It is, it is.
1: Wow. As we take a closer look at your life, what about you changed the most from this experience?
0: To be honest, when I was younger, I was the Miss Goody Two Shoes, right? In my mind, you had to be absolutely perfect if you call yourself a Christian. You had to be like the utmost level of perfection. I'm talking about like some Denzel Washington slash Brad Pitt slash Will Smith level of perfection when it comes to how you act, how you behave, how you speak, how you dress. And I used to judge people a lot. I mean, I used to be the judge. And I think I have learned. The biggest thing I've learned is to not judge people based on what they're going through. I have learned how to be more compassionate because I was not compassionate at all. I didn't think that people could fail and get it back again and I have learned to see people through brand new eyes. I've learned to be compassionate. I've learned how to not judge people because I wouldn't have made the decision that they made because When I was going through my crap, I made some of the worst decisions in my life that I am not proud of today, but bless God that somebody taught me to not be judged. judged. Somebody was not judgmental of me, so I now have that opportunity to not be judgmental of other people.
1: That makes your testimony even more powerful than when you received the words from the three women and they never judged you. That must have just been amazing coming from what you're sharing right now
0: it it was because i think back back home and i'm not bragging on my church because i love my church back home but i believe that every church has they have their their issues that they need to sort through and that's just me being completely um objective but Mm -hmm. back home the women that i encountered always made me feel and i'm not not all women because i have some amazing women back home but some women that i encountered just made me feel like i was just horrible like you oh my gosh you you went through this you must have been a horrible person for god to punish you like this or oh wow you know we had such big hopes for you and you made these bad decisions you are less than no you are not who you are supposed to be and because of that we're going to look down on you so to have somebody who just looked at me with complete love and compassion I have never experienced somebody doing that who, and they, again, they never knew me before that point. They just, it just, it just came naturally from them. It's just like flowed from God through them to me.
1: That's so beautiful. Can you share with us one of your personal habits that contributed to your overcoming your divorce?
0: Ooh. <laughs> um, if I'm being honest, I didn't have a habit back then that helped me to overcome my divorce how i overcame my divorce i would not suggest other people doing it was again trying to find love in all the wrong places but now looking back i think the big thing that has helped me to not hold on to the pain and the hurt and to be open to be love again to be loved again is forgiveness I really and truly believe that forgiveness is the ultimate weapon. (laughs) And I say weapon against Mm -hmm. the enemy because when you hold on to unforgiveness, you don't hurt the other person as much as you hurt yourself. When you hold on to all the pain, you are just inhibiting yourself from being able to pursue your higher calling. And so when I forgave my ex, I mean, when I truly forgave him and I stopped talking about him in a negative light I just felt so much lighter I could get I could like I said in my in my previous episode on my podcast I felt like I was carrying around a five kg suitcase Mm -hmm. or of rice and once I forgave him I could get And put that suitcase down, and now I could walk upright. I could see in front of me, I could see the sun, I could look up. It was just an amazing thing to not have to carry around that burden anymore. And I encourage anybody out there that if you are holding on to something, someone, anything that someone has done to you, no matter how horrible it must have been, forgiveness is the best thing you could ever, ever do for yourself and for that other person.
1: Can I ask you to share how you came to this because I also did and it took a lot of work for me to get to where I could actually really forgive and I'm just wondering did you just do it or did you have some help along the way
0: when I first when I was first going through that that stage of of my divorce I actually ended up going into hiding because Um, I couldn't go to work. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't go to church without my ex sending police officers to my parents, to wherever I was to harass me. And when I was in that, that moment of seclusion, I was just listening to all these feminist pop songs. Like I was a Taylor Swift buff, all these breakup (laughs) songs that were just kind of my anthems at that point. And through listening to these seemingly ridiculous songs, One theme that I saw was that all of them that were singing these songs, deep down, they were still holding on to all of the pain that they'd gone through. Mm -hmm. Like when someone was saying, you know, we will never ever get back together because of XYZ, I was like, what the way you're saying this, it just sounds like you really want to get back together with him, but you're just holding on to this because of what he did. And I was determined that, you know what, I am not going to be that girl who sits. Down and just dwells on past regrets. I'm not gonna be that girl that just sits down and thinks about my ex all day because my ex could be all the way in Australia or wherever he is, living up his best life while I'm here stressing out and going on and doing the most while he's having fun. So I'm like, you know what? In that during that time, I was like, you know what? Mm-mm. I'm not doing this. I am going to live my best life, even if it means not having you in my life and at that moment I just said God help me to forgive him and I wrote him an email and I told him I forgive him he cussed me out not well but at least I wrote that email and I think when I sent off the email to him that's when I sent off those feelings of pain and hurt and disappointment everything kind of just went off with that email it's kind of like you writing all your feelings on a piece of paper and burning it Mm -hmm. it was the same effect same effect
1: Yes. And the burning, it might not hurt as much. Cause did you say he emailed you back?
0: Yes. Oh, <laughs> he, oh he emailed me. He cussed me out. Oh wow. The, the words I, I remember some of the words and I'm like, Oh wow. You know, <sighs> the, the things you say in this. And I I think I cried and I showed some of my friends who I was staying with at the time. And I was just like, you know what? Do do what you gotta do, honey. But at the end of the day, I am done. I am done and this whole there's like a whole lifetime movie that happened after this before things got worse and then even worse and then even even worse more worse 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 if that's even a term Mm -hmm. but at least I was able to kind of give him that and forgive him for that
1: I say good for you for sharing that though because I read in a lot of the books I read on forgiveness that it's more for us than the other person and it's so good for people to know that even if it's never received by the other person, it's so healing for you, right?
0: It is. It is so, so it, I like. I said, I feel like if as graphic as this might sound like for unforgiveness, is like a sore on your foot and every day that you go around and you don't forgive them, you're just walking around on that sore and making the sore bigger and bigger until it starts to fester and maggots start crawling out and, I just don't want to be that person with that sore on my foot. I like my feet. They're cute. Like, I don't want to be that
1: person. <laughs> oh, that's a great analogy. Oh my goodness. Okay. Can you share with us a resource, like a podcast or a book that helped you along the way?
0: Yes, I can. Funny enough, I'm, I've listened to this book like a bajillion times and I'm currently going through it. I bought the physical copy because it was just so good. And the book is called Believe Bigger, Discover Discover the Path to Your Life Purpose. Sorry. Discover the Path to Your Life Purpose. And it's by Marshawn Evans-Daniels. And I was on Facebook one day and I just saw this ad for Audible and they were giving away two free books. And I was like, okay, sure. And I saw this book and I have no idea why I chose that book. I just chose the book. And in that book, Marshawn kind of talks about the time when she... Went through her, she was about to get married, and six days before her marriage, she found out that her, her fiance was cheating on her with his ex wife and what she went through. Mm. And when, <laughs> right, oh, like, yes, again. And when she spoke about what she went through and she spoke about the split rock moment and how God really, really had to bring her to a place where He could have her full, undivided attention, I felt like she was talking to me like, Everything that she was talking about, all, all the experiences that she was having, she basically helped me to understand that, you know what? all these things happen in your life because you are a target of the enemy and you are a target of the enemy because you are a threat to the enemy. So the devil will put you in situations and even God sometimes will put you in situations to help you to become a bigger and better version of yourself. And sometimes you got to go through some stuff. Yes, it's not pretty. It's not always the nicest thing, but to level up, sometimes we got to go through some stuff, honey. And when I was just reading through the words, every page just kind of spoke to me in a different way and helped me to see that my divorce wasn't something that happened to me. It was something that happened for me. And I talk about this a lot more on my show. It wasn't something that was terrible and it was painful and just that. No, it was something that was supposed to help mold me into the woman that I am today. And I can say right now that Bless God for the divorce, because had I not gone through it, had I not experienced all these crappy um, experiences and done all these foolish things and made these terrible decisions, I wouldn't be able to be here right now to help other women who are going through the same or similar or even worse circumstances. And that book, that book, Believe Bigger, trust me, it really helped me to believe bigger.
1: Well, I will link that into the show notes along with everything else that you have shared today at synergymindsetcoaching.com backslash Dana. And that's spelled D-A-E-Y-N-A. So I thank you so much for coming on the show today and just sharing your life story and making us feel like we were right there walking with you.
0: Thank you so much. I, I always am looking for new opportunities to share my story because I For for so long, I was ashamed of my story. I was ashamed to tell people that I made mistakes, but God has helped me to understand that you need to share your story because there are women out there who are feeling just the way you felt a few years ago. And if you can just help one woman to see her life in a new light, that's a job well done.
1: Well said, well said. So we're moving into the end at the grand finale. And now, We all walk through valleys and over mountaintops in life. And the next time that you're faced with a challenge, what is going to be the most essential thing that you have with you?
0: My faith. My faith. I think of my uh, my life as being a life where I am in a military service to God. And so I wear the armor of God. And when I have the shield of faith, I believe that I'll be able to withstand anything that comes my way. And trust me, I have withstood so much so far with faith and my faith will keep me going.
1: Absolutely love that. And the last thing is tell us what is good about your life today and where can people connect with you on the web?
0: The the best thing about my life today is that I get to share my stories and share my lessons embarrassing and inspiring on my podcast the best thing f- from that podcast is that I get to talk to other amazing women just like you on my show and really talk about their journeys and what they've gone through and how they've been able to transform their lives or how they are currently transforming their lives. And every time I get to talk to somebody about the podcast, it just makes me feel amazing that, you know, throughout all of this that I've gone through, I've finally found a purpose that surpasses me, found a purpose that helps somebody else. And it's not all about me, it's about them, and it's about their journey, it's about their lessons. And people can connect with me online at the podcast website, um, sheisamess.com or facebook.com forward slash she is a message. And I say she's a message because even though we're all a total mess in one way or another, in our hearts lie a powerful message and the, word, the world needs to hear it. So my podcast is talking about us embracing the mess and sharing the message one story at a time. So facebook.com forward slash she is a message. And Instagram.com forward slash she is a message.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. What an inspiring interview with Dana. If you're going through a divorce, it is hard and it is painful. I know. And hopefully listening to this just brought you a little bit of inspiration that you too can get through and find your thing. If you enjoyed this or any of the other interviews, please go to the platform that you listen to and leave a review. The more reviews, the higher up in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play that this podcast will get, and the more people that will be able to hear it, be inspired, and take steps towards the life that they want to achieve. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week with another episode.